I want to invite you to get your bulletins out, open your bulletins if you want to take notes and follow along. We're going to be all over Scripture again today as we talk about what God is answering our questions today. Once again, we continue our series this morning where we're wrestling and unpacking those why questions. Let me just ask you again as as we kind of get back in the flow of things, how many of you here are willing to admit you've asked God, why God, of anything? Amen. Hands up all over the place. How many of you, if you're so bold, have said those things this very week? Okay, a few, few more. How many of you this morning have asked one of those questions? A couple of us. Okay. Yeah. So you're in the right place. I want to encourage you of that. You're in the right place today as we tackle another one of these why questions this morning. Last week we talked about the question, why don't I always feel God? And we talked about some biblical reasons as to why there's times when when God's presence feels removed from us and how we can remedy that, how we can fix those issues ourselves and how we can trust Him more with the truth of His Word. It's not Pastor BJ's opinion. It's not my thinking, but it's His Word that we're looking to. Amen? And uh, we're going to do that again next week. If you come back next week, I want to encourage you to do that. Next week, we're going to be answering a question, uh, a really a faith question, if you will, but it's a question probably many of those hands that were represented have asked this question. Why do bad things happen to good people? And we're going to look to God's Word because I believe God's Word will give us that answer as to why bad things happen to good people. It's a faith question. Then the following week, we're going to conclude this series, uh, Lord willing, with a series with a message entitled, Why Would God Use Me? And uh, I don't know about you, but as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, that's a question that I've asked a lot. Why or how could God use me? We're going to answer that question. But today, we're going to dive into this question. Why didn't God answer my prayer? Why didn't God answer my prayer? As we're thinking about that question, why didn't God answer my prayer, I want to ask you another question, a question I've asked you before in in another message in another time, but I want to remind you of that question again, and it's in your outline, so if you're taking notes, jot this down. If you could ask God for anything, what would it be? If you could ask God for anything, what would it be? And, and then the, the following question, I'm going to pose a why question to you. Why would you ask God for that thing? I want you just to think about that. I want you to chew on that for a minute uh, while we're in this, in this message. Have that thought, that question in the back of your mind. If I could ask God for anything, what would it be? What would it be and why? Sometimes we, when we read God's Word, we can read it and we can interpret it for a personal reason. I've talked about this with our staff and our leadership team from time to time. One of the important parts about leading the church is that there's times when God reveals some things to us personally that we are supposed to take personal for ourselves. And there's times when God reveals something to an individual or individuals that's for a corporate reason. And then we share that corporately. There's a lot of times when God reveals something to you personally that was not meant for the congregation. You just have to know that sometimes. There's times when God reveals things to me personally, and I'm like, God, do you want me to preach this? No, I want you to be quiet about it and take it for yourself. I have, I've had that happen this week. It's like, whew, 
okay, God, I'll trust you with that, okay? And so there's times when we interpret Scripture for, and we read Scripture over and over and over, and there's many times that we read it and, it and it resonates with us in a personal way, and then we read it again a later time in our life, and it resonates with us for a whole different reason. The same passage, sometimes different teachings, sometimes different circumstances, but God still uses His Word to speak to His children about His will for our lives. Amen? I believe that. And so this is a passage that we're going to start with today that I struggle with. When I read this passage in John's Gospel, John's Gospel chapter 14, it's one of those prayer passages that I have to really chew on a lot. I have to read it over and over. I have to look, look it up. I have to study it because there's times when, I, when I've read this in my personal life where it's meant something to me at that moment. And there's times when I've preached on it where it's meant something totally different. For me. Here's what John's gospel says. Jesus' words here. He says, And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. There's some very promising words in that passage of Scripture. Words that, that are very bold, that are very big. And I believe that Jesus here is, is really encouraging his followers to say, you know what? Pray big. You know what? Trust me big. Pray bold prayers. Pray faith prayers that sometimes are scary to talk about, that sometimes are scary to even utter the words. Sometimes I think here in our society, in our culture, we're scared to pray those kind of prayers. We, we've read stories throughout Scripture. We've seen things happen in, in other people's lives, and yet we struggle to pray those same big prayers in our own life. Let me give you some examples from Scripture. We read stories in Scripture. If you've been going to church any length of time, you've probably heard some of these stories. Maybe you haven't, this first one. This first one is, is very interesting. Joshua prayed one day, that the sun would stand still. How many of you knew that? The sun would stand still. That's a bold prayer. God, I know there's a, there's a billion other people out there in the world, but would you just have the day stop? Because I'm kind of in the middle of something. Guess what? God did it. He stopped it. He stopped the sun for a whole day. He answered Joshua's prayer. One time I prayed this prayer, and, it, and it, it, to my own life, it kind of gave me a, whew, I understand kind of what Joshua was going for. I had been, I had been going hard for a few days, and, and Alicia and I were in the same boat. We were just worn out. We were exhausted. And, and I prayed one night, a prayer that I'd heard other people pray, but I prayed this prayer, and I, I really believed it. And I prayed, God, would you just give us a double portion of rest in this one night of sleep? And Alicia looked at me as we laid down and, and she said, boy, that was good. I needed that. And we went to sleep that night and the next day we woke up and we felt so refreshed and so energized and ready to go. We just said, thank you, God, for answering that prayer. He might not have made the sun stand still, but it felt like it in our sleep. Amen? And I'm thankful for those bold prayers that encouraged me to be able to pray those. Daniel prayed a bold prayer. Daniel prayed a prayer, and when he prayed, a starving lion went on a diet. 
He prayed. He's thrown into the lion's den. All of these hungry lions are there to devour him. And all of a sudden, God says, nope, 30-hour famine for you. And they didn't touch him. Wow. Jonah prayed. <laughs> Jonah finally came to his senses and he prayed. And, and, and a fish swallows him and carries him safely to shore. You see, we read about these, these bold prayers. We read about these, these men and these women of faith that pray extraordinary prayers. And then there's times when you and I pray and we probably feel like nothing happens. Nothing happens. I was uh, talking to a pastor friend of mine and, and we were talking about the subject of prayer. And he, he shared with me a time in his life when he was invited to pray at a high school football game before the game started. Now, this was a Christian private school, two Christian schools playing against one another, and he was invited to pray before kickoff at this football game. And, and he was telling me, he said, you know what, BJ, this would have been the, the easiest prayer that I could ever pray. It makes so much sense that we probably would say this anyway if we were in the game or thinking about the game, that we just pray this simple prayer. God, would you just help us to stay safe, protect us, and help us to represent you on the field tonight. He prayed that simple prayer for this high school football game. Well, as the game unfolds, there's a point in the game where one of the teams is going to kick a field goal. Simple play. All they got to do is block the people across so the guy can kick the ball through the uprights. Happens all the time. This play changed everything. The offensive line broke down. A defensive lineman comes straight through the, the middle of the line and he goes to block the kick and he hits the kicker and he snaps the kicker's leg, breaks it gruesomely. It was so bad that the other team thought it was intentional. The benches cleared at midfield and there's this huge fight at this high school Christian school football game. And this pastor friend of mine, he said, BJ, I just prayed that Nobody would get hurt and that everybody would represent God and what they're doing on the field. And none of it happened. Somebody got really badly hurt and both teams did not represent Jesus in how they played and conducted themselves. I don't know why God didn't answer that very simple prayer. But he goes, I do know why they didn't ask me back. <laughs> Just not a... Good thing. They still haven't asked him back. So sometimes we have to be careful how we pray, don't we? We have to be careful what kind of prayers we're praying. So then I need to ask you this question as we continue. Have you ever asked God in prayer for something that God didn't answer? That God didn't answer. Maybe you've prayed earnestly for a sick loved one and they died. Maybe you've prayed for those close friends of yours to, to have children, to conceive children, and nothing happened. Maybe you've prayed that your parents would not get a divorce, and then all of a sudden it's been an ugly divorce, and, and it's the worst thing that's ever happened to you, and, and your life has turned upside down forever. Maybe you've prayed for that person to come to know Christ, and yet it just seems like that person is going further and further away. Why didn't God answer my prayer. Why didn't God 
answer my prayer. I want to make this disclaimer to you before we go any further than this, okay? Again, just like last week, we could all probably share our opinions about this question. We could probably answer this question in our own way, but I want to share this disclaimer with you as your pastor. I would be an arrogant preacher, an arrogant teacher, and an arrogant pastor if I thought I could give you every single scenario to why your prayers aren't being answered. So I am not going to try and do that. If you come to me this week and say, Pastor, I prayed this prayer. I did everything that you talked about that that we're going to talk about in just a minute. And God still didn't answer this prayer. Why didn't he answer this specific prayer? I can't give you those answers. I don't know all those answers. But I can tell you what God's word says. And I can point you in the right direction. Okay, is that fair enough? You still with me? Praise the Lord. All right, let's keep going then. I want to tell you this. I do believe that God's word gives us some insight onto why we feel that God doesn't answer our prayers. So if you're taking notes, jot these down with it. Maybe you have a broken relationship. Maybe you have a broken relationship. There are numerous places in Scripture where, where we read that God is directing His people about their relationships with other people. And this is where I want to say, sometimes we forget the fact that our horizontal relationships have a vertical impression. Let me say that again. Our horizontal relationships have a vertical impression or impact. In other words, how you deal with other people directly affects your relationship with the Almighty. You may not believe that's true, but God's Word points us to it. If we have a broken relationship, God says, you need to go and clear that up before I can talk to you, (laughs) before I can make things right for you. You've got to go and clear this up. Let me give you some examples. Jesus said this in Mark's Gospel, chapter 11, verses 24 and 25. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in what? Say it with me. In prayer, we're talking about prayer today, okay? Believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand doing what? Praying. If you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. In 1 John, we hear the writer say, you cannot love God and hate hate your brother. You see, there's two different places in Scripture where where we're hearing the same message. There's many times that we'll come in here on a Sunday and we'll start worshiping God and have this great experience with Him today, which we've had. And then we'll go out into our week and we'll start talking about, boy, I just can't stand those people. I hate what they're doing. I hate them and I just can't stand them. How can we expect God to answer our prayer through the week if we go out and we start bad-mouthing other people? And we go out there and we start treating people the way that we shouldn't treat them. And, and, and Jesus is telling us, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, when you stand praying, you must forgive them if they have something against you. Jesus instructs us in Matthew chapter 5. If you're at the temple, he says, if you're there giving, giving your worship, giving your sacrifice, if you're there at the temple giving an offering to the Lord in worship, but you have a relationship that's not in order, leave your offering at the altar and go make it right first. I don't think I always see the whole picture of what God is trying to show us in our relationships. But there's times when I think, and maybe you've thought this way too, that you've done everything you can to make your relationships right. And you do everything in your power, but you just can't seem to understand why there is a disconnect. And we we wonder at times why it seems like we want something so bad, and yet God withholds it from us. And I, I don't understand God's 
God's reasoning for that all the time. I'm not going to pretend to be God, but I can, I can understand God's direction when it comes to the blessing of those prayers. And if you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about here. Here, let me try to illustrate it for you real quick. As, as a parent, and this is, this is a good example, although it didn't happen yesterday, but we went on a road trip yesterday. We went to St. Louis, and we took uh, our little boy to the zoo and before he... Uh, before he's going to go home. And uh, we're excited for him, and that's a whole different story, and I don't want to get into that. But we wanted to have a special day with him before he goes back home. And so we did that. But there's times when we've taken those kind of road trips, and it's like pulling your hair out as a parent. You know what I'm talking about? Where your kids are just, they're fighting and they're arguing, and you're like, don't make me come back there. And, and I sit back, and I start swinging, trying to hit anybody, you know, just don't even, I don't care if I even get the right one. Just be quiet and stop arguing. And then the, it's quiet for two seconds, and then you hear this. Daddy, can we get ice cream? No! You don't deserve ice cream. You haven't been nice to your brother and sister. Daddy, can we go do this? Can we go? No, sit there and behave first. And I can see how God can look at us and we can sit here and we can worship him and we can praise him with everything. And then we can say, man, I just can't stand those people. I'm just struggling to get along with whoever it may be. And we say, God, why aren't you answering my prayer? Don't make me come back there. That's what he's saying to us. You've got to go and make your horizontal, horizontal relationships good so that your vertical relationship can be intact. You see, these texts are indirect ways that we must be mindful of our relationships with others when it impacts our life. There's no direct instruction for you right here. It just says forgive them. That's a pretty general term, but God through his word, does give us a very direct message to take hold of. 1 Peter 3, 7 says this, In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should. Why? So your prayers will not be hindered. That's a direct impact. If you don't treat somebody that you love with respect and honor, I'm not listening to your prayers. Wow. So that your prayers will not be hindered. Go back to that real quick. I want you to see that. This does not say 1 BJ 3.7. It says 1 Peter 3.7. It's in my Bible. Is it in yours? It's not the word of me. It's the word of God. Amen. Treat her as you should. This is very direct. Very direct. How we should treat others so that our prayers will not be hindered. Very direct, very pointed, very clear. Our relationship with others cannot be broken if we expect our relationship with God to be intact. So I'm going to do something that no pastor will probably do today all across the world. If you have a relationship that's not intact right now, I just want to ask you to leave. I want to ask you just to go take care of it. And I know that most, most of you probably won't. You're like, everybody's going to see that I have something going on. You know what? Let's just have a moment of prayer right now, okay? And I just, I just want to encourage you. This is the first time in the history of a church, I'm sure, that a pastor has encouraged people to leave. We're not done yet. We got more to go. 
But if you have a relationship that's not right, I want to encourage you just to leave. Go take care of it. Would you bow your heads with me? God, right now, you know what's going on. You know we don't have to leave right now to take care of it. But God, just know that you have our attention right now. And God, if there's anybody bold enough, Lord, to go and take care of a relationship, I want to encourage them, God, to put you first and to trust you that you have paved a way for this already. And I want to encourage them to be able to leave today, knowing that we support them, we believe in them, and we're going to be praying with them. God, answer our prayers today. Answer our prayers. Help us, Lord, to heal broken relationships so that we can have an intact relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Maybe you have a broken relationship. Here's another reason why God maybe didn't answer your prayers. Maybe you have the wrong motives. Maybe you have the wrong motives. James 4.3 says this, When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. I don't know how many of you have read James lately. Just five chapters. I, I read it this morning, again, just to re-emphasize it. I mean, it's, it's Proverbs crammed into a New Testament version in five chapters. It's so rich and so full. And, and what James is saying here is many times we ask God to do something for us because our motives are for self. And we say, God, would you bless me with this? Would you bless me with that? And he says, no, because your motives are wrong because you're going to take what I give you and you're only going to use it for yourself and your pleasures. Another way to look at this is, is lottery prayers. I'm not going to ask you who plays the lottery or who doesn't play the lottery. That's between you and God. That's, that's your decision. But sometimes we probably, if we have played or we thought about, we see the signs and the billboards, we say, God, if you were to bless me with that winning, I wouldn't tithe 10%. I'd give 25% to God. I'd give 50% to God. And he says, no, your motives are wrong. Your motives are wrong. You're going to spend everything I give you on yourself and your own pleasures. Your motives are wrong. But it's not just about money, is it? I know there's times in our lives when we think about these kind of prayers where our motives are wrong and they've, they've impacted us for selfish ways. We, we pray selfish prayers sometimes. I know I did this when I was growing up. When I was a teenager, I prayed one of these selfish prayers. God, would you please make that pretty girl a Christian so that I can date her? Yeah, I'll admit it. I prayed that prayer. Um, thankfully, I saw her at church, so that kind of helped the process. No, it was still a selfish prayer. You know, sometimes we pray selfish prayers. God, would you bless my business? Would you, would you help my business to succeed? But yet we're not even willing to tithe. It's because our motives aren't pure. You say, we, 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 we pray these prayers that say, God, help me to get that promotion or, or help my team to win or bless me. Do you see the, the connecting point to those prayers? It's all about us. Our motives may be wrong. Proverbs 16, 2 says this, all a man's ways seem innocent to him, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Who? I'm so glad that my motives don't need to be judged by you. And I want to do my best as your pastor to not judge your motives. And I'm thankful that I'm not in charge of that. A person's ways seem pure. We may be asking ourselves, well, I'm not praying selfish prayers, but if we hold back and we say, hold on a minute, what have I prayed for this last week? 
And if God answered every one of my prayers, who would get the most benefit? Maybe it's something we need to think about. All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Maybe there's a broken relationship. Maybe you're praying with wrong motives. The third, the third answer could be maybe you don't believe God will do it. In Mark's gospel, we read about Jesus healing many people, doing many miracles. The people knew about Jesus' ministry and his ability. And so we read about, in chapter 9, a man whose son has an evil spirit in him. And this is what we read, what he says to Jesus. It is the spirit he's talking about here. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. This is Jesus' response. And, and I can't tell you for sure what Jesus is thinking here, but the question is posed to Jesus, but if you can do anything. And Jesus says, if you can. I think the way we read Scripture is very important. We can, this is one of those passages of Scripture that makes me think Jesus had a sense of humor. Because I read that and I think Jesus is probably thinking, do you know who you're talking to? Do you know who you've been following for these last few years? Do you know what I'm doing? You're coming to me after you've seen what I'm doing and you say, if you can? Jesus says, if you can. And then he says this, everything is possible for one who believes. Everything is possible for one who believes. You see, your faith matters when you pray. Your faith matters when you pray. I heard a story this week, and I thought it was so good. I've shared it multiple times, and if you've heard this before, I'm sorry, but i got to share it again. Your faith when you pray matters. Here's why. I heard about this story about a pastor who was going to task in a small town with a bar owner. And this bar owner had a bar that was not too far from their church, and so they had prayer walks, and they did prayer things, and this pastor started praying that this bar would be closed down. This is a side note. This was a story. This isn't, I didn't know if this happened, but I want you to know as your pastor, we had a, a prayer walk on Good Friday and I walked around that courthouse square and I literally prayed that Pike County would become a dry county. And I know that that affects every, almost every other business on that square. But I prayed that same prayer. In this story, the pastor prays that, that God would shut down this bar. And it, time goes by, and a storm comes, and lightning strikes that bar, burns it to the ground. And the bar owner takes the church to court. He takes the church to court, and they're in court. The judge is standing there. He sees the bar owner and the pastor of the church, and he says... So this bar owner, you believe that your bar was taken down because of this pastor's prayer. And the pastor, he said, what do you think of this? And the pastor says, well, it was just a, just a normal, average, kind of run-of-the-mill prayer. There, I didn't really mean anything by it. And the judge looked at the pastor and says, I can't believe I'm looking at a bar owner who has more faith in prayer than a pastor. Your faith matters when you pray. When I was walking around that square, I said, God, I want these businesses to, to flourish and to succeed. But alcohol is destroying families in our county. Drugs are destroying. God, would you make Pike County a dry county? Yeah. 
Would you remove it from, 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 from this county? Would you remove it so that there can be an example? God, we're praying a bold prayer. Would you take the drugs out of Pike County? Would you take the alcohol out of Pike County? Would you take the divorces out of Pike County? God, we want family to be restored. Bold prayers. Your faith matters when you pray. There's some teachings out there that, are, that we have to be careful of, though. When it comes to our faith. And we have to be careful though that we don't just think that everything we pray, if we have faith to believe it, that it's going to happen. Because we have to remember our motive's got to be right. Our intention, we have to pray according to, to God's will. Not our will and wants. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But we have to be very careful when it comes to talking about faith and prayer. Because we can't just expect God to be this some cosmic sugar daddy. That just because I believe he can do it, he's going to do it for me. That's not how this works. You see, our relationships with others have to be right. Our motives have to be pure and in line with what he wants. And we have to believe that he can do it. How many times have you prayed a prayer and you just didn't even believe it? You prayed a prayer and you're like, no, God, you can't. You can probably do this, but you're not going to. And before you even prayed the prayer, you lost. Why? Because your faith matters when you pray. Faith is not just believing something to happen. It's trusting in that to happen. So if I'm praying a prayer of faith, I believe that God can do anything because his word tells us if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move into the sea and it will be done. So if we have faith in our prayers, no matter how small that belief is, when we put the trust into that prayer by saying it and uttering those words, our faith matters in our prayer. Our faith matters in our prayer. You see, we must realize that in our prayer life, God is not there to serve us what we always want. You know, I go into the Maya restaurant and I, the waiter comes up to me and I love those, those, that wait staff. Uh, they, they love me because I eat there a lot. And uh, when I go in there, I'm treated really well. And I'm thankful for that. And when I go in there and I say, you know what, can you do something different for me? And I say, can, can, you, can you put this chimichanga with no vegetables in it? Yep, anything you want, I'll do it. Great, can you do something else for me? Can you make it so that my drink doesn't have ice in it? Yep, you got it, I'll do it. And guess what? My chimichanga comes back, no veggies. My drink comes back, no ice. Just what I wanted. And we expect God to serve us like our waiter. That's not how it works. Our prayer life should be a response to how we can serve Him. Ooh, did you get that? Our prayer life should be in a response of how we can serve Him. God, I want to do more for you. I want to serve you. I want to give you everything I can. God, I need you to make me more like you. Guess what? That's not a selfish prayer. He wants to answer that prayer. We must realize that God is not going to serve us through our prayers, but rather we need to serve Him. Your faith in your prayer life matters. You shouldn't be praying prayers if you don't expect God to answer them. You may have a broken relationship. Your motives might not be right. You may not even believe that God can really do it. And the fourth reason that God may not answer your prayer is this. 
Maybe God has something different. Maybe God has something different. 1 John 5, 14. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Did you catch that? He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of Him. I read this with new eyes this week. Because I've read this before and reading it, and this is one of those prayer verses that I struggle with. But as I read it this week, what stuck out to me is that in him answering this prayer is not giving me what I want. Him answering this prayer is that he hears me. Guess what that means? That means that I'm in a relationship with him. That means that we're close. That means that if his answer is not according to my want or the way I think he should do it, it's okay. Why? Because he's listening to me. And that's whatever I need to ask. I don't know about you, but if we serve this God who's so big and so mighty, he's created everything, he's made it under our rule as humans here on earth, and he's done this all and it's just so wild and crazy and awesome and we have direct access to him, I don't think we realize that sometimes. And, and it comes to that, I pray this a lot, God, I'm so glad that we don't have to wait in line for our request to be heard. We don't have to wait in line as long as we're in relationship with him. As long as we have that confidence in approaching him because he is our daddy and we are his child. And when we come to him and we ask anything according to what he wants and his will, He listens to us. He hears us. Wow. His will matters more than my wants. His will matters more than our wants. Paul, Paul the apostle, Paul is the man who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. If there's anybody who's as close to walking with God in the flesh, it was Paul. If there's anybody that should have had every prayer answered, It was Paul. Paul was one of those guys that was just right there in tune with God's will. But there was something we read about in Paul's life. Paul talks about it three different times in Scripture. Three that I could find anyway. He talks about the thorn in his flesh. The thorn in his flesh. And he prays that God would take away this thorn in his flesh. And he prays and he he talks about how it's a struggle for him. And he just wishes that God would take it away from him. But God answers his prayer this way. Listen very carefully. The thorn in his flesh, but Paul pleaded with God to take that away. God's answer to Paul is this. My grace is sufficient for you. And when God told Paul that through prayer, Paul was good with it. We don't hear anything else about this thorn in his flesh. It wasn't removed from all that we know. But we know that God said to Paul, guess what, Paul? I know you're struggling with this, but my grace is good enough for you. My grace will get you through. My grace is sufficient for you. It's going to be okay. Amen? And Paul said, okay, if that's your answer, I'm going to trust you, God, that you have something different for me. Your plan is different than what I thought you needed to do. I have two examples I want to share with you about this. One is personal, one's a church. The first one is personal, it affects this church, and you guys have heard this before, but I'm going to tell you it again. 
we were in Kansas City going to school, working there, and we were trying to f- discern what the next step was in our life. And, and Alicia really wanted some roots to be established, and, and she wanted us to kind of settle down. She said, BJ, can you just finish school here? We'll commit to being here for the next few years, and then we'll see what God wants for us. And I said, okay, let's pray about that. Let's, let's make sure that's what God wants. So we prayed about it. We both felt confirmed in it. So we started looking for a house. It was time for us to move. Our lease was up, and we thought, let's just buy a house and settle down here. So we went through the process when we went and got a loan and we started looking at houses and we found a house that we really liked and it was in a neighborhood that we really liked and the most important part is we could afford it. And so that was great. And we went and we put an offer on this house and, and we, got the, we got back the word that the offer was accepted, but there was a problem. And they said, you need to call your bank. So I called our bank and somehow our loan did not go through. And our offer was no good, and, and everything was just scrapped. And uh, we were very disappointed, very disappointed. We said, God, we prayed. We asked for you to give clarity, and we asked for discernment. And you, you gave us you gave this, this common ground that we thought was what your will was for us. Why didn't, why didn't you answer the prayer the way we thought you should, or you did? That very night, Pastor John Cruzy called me. And we started a conversation about coming here to be your youth pastor. That very, I'm not exaggerating. That same night, this happened at two in the afternoon. That very night, John Cruzy calls me. Thank you, God, that your answer was different, that your will was better than my wants. Amen? I have a, a, pers- a church one that's affecting our church now. I've been praying and we've, we've established a group of people called the Campus Building Committee. And, and we've been praying that God would give us a clear goal and a vision for our campus. We have buildings that need attention. We need, we need space for cer- certain areas of ministry and we don't know what to do. And we've been talking about some of these things for 20 plus years. God help us. God, we need an answer from you. We need to know what the big picture is. We need to know what the big, the, big, the big thing is. Which building should we build or what should we renovate or what should we do? And it has been very clear to me in the last 10 days as I've been praying and, and seeking God's direction this. He says, BJ, I've got something different for you. <sighs> Campus committee, you're hearing this for the first time. You're going to hear about this Tuesday night too. Our wants, our desires as a church may be different than God's will for our church. That's scary. That's bold. Makes me scared to pray sometimes, I'll be honest, because I don't know how he's going to answer. But God may have something different than what we think and what we expect. We have to remember that when God answers our prayers with something different than what we think is best, that we remember that God is good. Amen? No matter what I want, God is good. No matter what I think he should do, God is good. Today we've reviewed what God's word tells us about prayer and why it seems like God doesn't always answer my prayers and if anything, any of these things in your life are hindering your prayer life, then we got to turn to the Lord and trust Him to help us and lead us. But I want to close quickly with this. What do I believe about prayer? 
What should you believe about prayer? Here's a couple things. If you're taking notes, I want you to jot these two things down. What I believe about prayer is that I am not in control when I pray, but it keeps me close to the one who is. I'm not in control when I pray. I can, I can give him my requests and I can lay my burdens down and I can present everything to him, but he's the one who's in control. And as I'm praying, as I'm speaking to him, that's a relationship. And it keeps me close to the one that is. Here's the second one. Prayer is not as much about my wants as it is God's will. We have to remember that. When I'm feeling like asking this question, why doesn't God answer my prayer? I'm reminded about another story in Scripture in the book of Daniel. In the book of Daniel, we read some really cool stories about Daniel and his life and the lion's den we talked about. But there's three Hebrew teenage boys at this time, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And and, and in this story, when I think about why I ask God this prayer, why do you not answer prayer? I think about their prayers, and I think about what they prayed, and I think about how they responded to what God was going to do in their life. And we read this passage of Scripture that really helps me when I think about their life. You see, they were were sent off to, to work for King Nebuchadnezzar, and Nebuchadnezzar was an evil king. He was a king that was selfish, that he wanted everybody to bow and worship him. He wanted everybody to do it his way, to eat only his food, and to do things his way. Yet these three Hebrew Children, as the Bible says, stood up against him. And they stood up against the king because of their faith in God. And this is what we read in Daniel chapter 3, verse 17. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace. Now, if you haven't heard that story, there, there came a time in the day when the king would, would sound the alarm and he'd built this gold statue of himself and that everybody in the kingdom had to bow down towards the statue. And if they didn't bow down, the penalty was they were thrown into the burning furnace. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And He will rescue us. There's a promise. He will rescue us. But get this. But even if He does not, we want you to know we will not serve your God. Do you have enough faith in God to say, even if you don't answer my prayers, I'm still going to trust you. Even if you don't do it the way I want you to do it, will you still trust me? What do I believe about prayer? I believe this about prayer. I believe God can. I believe God will. And even if he doesn't, I still believe. If it seems like your prayers aren't being answered, maybe you have to need and you have a need to examine your relationships. Are any broken? Make them right. Check your motives, your heart. Make sure it's not selfish. How big is your faith? Do you really believe he can and will do? what you ask Him, and realize that His will is better than yours. I want to ask you to stand with me today. We're going to pray in just a moment. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I have two questions for us as we close. Nobody looking around. I just, I just, want, to, I just want to pray for some people today. If you've ever had 
ever prayed a prayer that you felt God didn't answer, would you just raise your hand? Amen. Hands up all over the place. You can put your hands down. If you're praying a prayer right now, in this stage of your life, that's a big prayer. You're praying a large prayer, a faith prayer. Would you just raise your hand right now? I want to pray for you too. If you're a Christian and you're not praying a big prayer, you got a problem. If you're a Christian, you better put your hand up. You better be praying for somebody who's, who doesn't know the Lord at least. Amen? We all should be praying big prayers. Would you join me as we pray? I want to pray for you today. God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for speaking your word to us. Thank you for hearing our prayers. And I want to pray this morning for that first group that raised their hands. And I pray, God, that you would help us, help us all that have prayed prayers that we seem like you just don't answer them. God, to remember that these types of prayers that seem to go unanswered should draw us closer to you. God, I pray that those, those people that raise their hands that are, that are struggling, Lord, I pray that they would use your word to help them to examine their relationships, to check their heart, to, to trust in you more. God, I pray that you would help us to continue to pray prayers that need you to inter, intervene for us. Help us to, to believe you for bigger and better things, God. God, I continue to pray today for those that raise their hand and, and they're praying prayers for, uh, that are big prayers. Prayers that, Lord, there's no way in our strength and power they can be answered. But God, we know a God who's big enough to answer them. And God, we believe it. We believe what your word tells us, that you can do it. <laughs> We don't want to sit here and pray, God, if you can, bring my family to know the Lord. If you can, heal cancer. If you can, build the faith of your church. If you can, and you look at us and say, if I can, God, help us. We believe you can. We believe you will. And even if you don't, God, we still believe. God, we thank you. For speaking to our hearts today and I pray as we leave this place today you would help us to look at this question a little differently and to trust you a whole lot more thank you God in Jesus name we pray amen and amen have a great day we'll see